We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. We lead a team of brave and brilliant story work counselors and coaches around the country, all committed to helping you come alive. Join us as we explore the sacred landscape of the human heart at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. I'm obsessed. And I think a lot of us are obsessed with this. And I know that Matthew and I are behind in like keeping up with the story, but we absolutely love This Is Us. That every episode wrecks us both. (laughs) And the writing is amazing. It should be used as class material for therapists. It's brilliant. It surely and was written said, with therapists in mind, like with yes. them as part of the writing team. Oh, yes. It's brilliant. And the way the story is told and the issues that they're engaging and how they engage them, it's so well done. And it's so real and so close to home and so human. All of the characters are so human. Mm-hmm. So recently I just watched, or we just watched one of the episodes where one of the characters named Randall is discovering some of his family of origin story. So for those that don't know, Randall was an orphan. He was dropped off at a fire station and then adopted by a family. And the story has just been that he's held in his head for all these years that he was dropped off at the fire station. And that was kind of it without any understanding of who his birth mother was. And so the whole episode is about who his birth mother was. And as he's investigating who his birth mother was, he's discovering that the story that he had been holding inside was not the story that was actually happening for her. And as he discovered more of it, it was more, more space was created within him in order to uh, understand and have a level of compassion and generosity towards his mom. And it was just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant episode. I know I'm tearing up just listening to you describe it again, just remembering how vivid it was. Yeah. And so if you don't, if you as a listener, you're not a fan of This Is Us or you haven't yet watched it or or whatever, uh, we endorse it, encourage it, and we love it. But that being said, there's, it's just so, so good. I think about the conversation that we have with Nicole here on the podcast uh, and how she talks about the family of origin story that you as, as the child has, and as you realize and come to understand more of the, the story that your parent had and how it impacted you and wounded you, and yet you're coming to understand with a level of generosity and compassion towards them. It's just a brilliant, brilliant backdrop to the conversation with Nicole. Yeah. So let's dive into that. Nicole Clifton, welcome back to the Walking With podcast. Thanks, Beth. Good to have you here today. Thank you. Um, Nicole, we're excited to have you on to talk today about something that has really both personally been challenging for you in your own journey and mm -hmm. life and your story, as well as some of the work that you're doing with clients. Why don't you share about some of the work that you're doing with young adults? Sure. 
So most of my clients would fall into the either like Gen Z or millennial category. And I know some people think of millennials as young, but millennials actually are in the like mid twenties to mid thirties range. So whether people are at the beginning of their adult journey or a decade in are processing their own stories, sometimes for the first time. And something that I am running into with people is that as people start to delve into their family story, right, like their family of origin and where they come from, that as they uncover some truths about their dynamic with their parents in particular, that they realize that there is sometimes some overlap or some conflict between the issues that they are dealing with in coaching or story work sessions with me and some of the things that their parents hold. And so it got me thinking about how in my own story as well, one of the hardest things about becoming an adult was not just the like, how do you pay your taxes and how do you rent your first apartment and all of those things that people think of when it comes to adulting. But this new dynamic that you develop as an adult with your parent, where you are their child, but you're also an adult and you see your parents in a new way as their own adult with their own baggage and their own story that sometimes can create some conflict or some issues as you as an adult are trying to live into your own story. So Mm. that's what brought me to here in this conversation with you guys. Yeah. I just think about, so when we are young kids, we have somewhat of a superhero mentality about our parents Mm -hmm. that they have everything put together. They have all the wisdom that they need. They have a sense of what to do and what not to do and, and all those things. And whether or not that you come from a quote unquote good family or a quote unquote dysfunctional family, I think all of us on some level come from some semblance of both of those things, right? That, that part of the adulting process is the realization that your parents are not perfect mm-hmm. or that your parents uh, have issues. Mm-hmm. And maybe you've come to know that more in your family of origin dynamic already. Like I, I knew that I was growing up with a father who was an alcoholic or I knew that I was growing up with a mom who was dealing with a level of depression or anxiety or something. So we might have some knowledge of that, but yeah. then coming into adulthood, there's a realization like, oh, there's a lot. There's a lot behind that. Yes. And I'm imagining some of the conflict that you're experiencing with some clients is as they're dealing with their story, they're realizing Mm -hmm. that the parent has a story of their own that Mm -hmm. they have to grapple with. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so I think for me, as I was thinking about it, right, like you go back to places in your own story where that's been true for you. So I think about my parents' divorce and that was such a like crucible point for me to start to reevaluate like how I saw my parents and the stories, like you said, like that they brought to the table and having to move away from this very like black and white thinking right around marriage and my parents and the choices that they were making. And they were either right the hero or the villain in that scenario and being able to step into the complicated reality that each of them held before they ever got married and the complicated realities that exist within their marriage. And so what do I do with that? And how do I process that? And my own hurt, right? Acknowledge my own hurt, but also acknowledge theirs. And this thing that's now changing all of our lives forever. What do I do with that? Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And it, I think I want to 
I want to name that it starts with courage on the part of whatever young adult we're talking about who has decided to engage their story. Yes. That's that starts yes. with courage and and so much yes. bravery. And yes. to start off with that and then come to this point of like major internal conflict of my parents have fallen mm-hmm. off this pedestal. I don't know how to deal with that. I don't know how to interact with them right now. I feel so much ambivalence. I, I don't even know how to be at Thanksgiving in the same way that I always was before. And that's, that can go on for quite some time that season of tension. Yeah. And I think years it could go on for years, but eventually we come to this point of having to reconcile either yep. we come to a place of forgiveness or we come to be able to offer empathy in this deeper way for sure. them. And do you think that yeah. as adults, we can only come to that point when we are able to offer ourselves, our own selves, that level of forgiveness and empathy that it, before we can ever turn around and offer that to our parents, it has to come to us yeah. first. Yeah. I think it's so these places, right? Like we have to do our own work to be able to then take the concepts that we've learned and apply it in other places. And so for me, as my heart got softer and I learned to engage with right self-compassion and self-forgiveness and the nuance and the gray and the gritty and the messiness, there was more room for those things to be true about my mother. There was more room for those things to be true about my father. There was more room for that more nuanced story in my parents' divorce and to have compassion around that. There was more room around even other things in that because no parents are perfect, right? Parents do the best that they can with what they have. And even if you overall have great parents, my, my adolescent psychology professor used to say, you're going to have to make peace with the fact that you will probably screw up your kid in some way. And she, she said it as a joke, but in a way to say, no parent is perfect and you are going to have a weakness somewhere, which means that at some point your kid or teenager or grown adult child is probably going to have to figure out how to fill some of those gaps that you didn't have the tools to fill. So in my family, that thing was talking about sex. I had great parents in so many ways. And because of their stories and how they came to the table, we didn't talk about that topic at my house. And so I now as an adult have had to be like, okay, how do I facilitate this and teach myself to engage with this topic in a healthy way? And so I can acknowledge the goodness of who they are and be honest about the impact that it had regardless of their intention. And so I can offer kindness to that for them and for me. I love your language around that there's more room. Mm-hmm. That when we do some of the work ourselves, we increase the space within us to allow for other possibilities to be true at the same time. Even yes. though before it was black and white, either and or, now there's, when there's more space, there's more opportunity for the both and, there's more yeah. opportunity for it was hurtful to me. It actually impacted yes. me, how my parent was or wasn't. Right. That was hurtful to me. And there is another story that is at play for them. And that's not to let them off the hook for what they did and the impact of what it meant for me, but it also gives this generous space to them to say, hey, this was hurtful. Yes. It, It feels like that's such a picture of grace, that grace is spaciousness. Grace is 
the movement from black and white to gray. And that is synonymous with becoming an adult. I love how you said that, Nicole, that it's not just these milestones of opening bank accounts and renting first apartments. It's stepping into a more spacious view Mm -hmm. of the world and of your family and of your parents and then of yourself. And I, I just think that's a great image of what adulting really, the journey of adulting really is all about. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the one that is true for basically all of us, but somehow is rarely talked about. And so when I'm engaging with clients, I can think of at least a couple of female clients I'm seeing who are in the past, people, women who are struggling with body image or weight or food or all these things. And then they will talk to me about how their mom will give them comments or have things to say to them. And their intention is to be helpful. Okay. We can acknowledge their intention, but where it's really coming from, right. Is a fear-based place or a shame-based place, which is what they were taught as this is how we need to survive the world. And this is how you get love or acceptance or whatever. So they're trying most of the time, right. I would say, I suppose there are some exceptions, but most moms are trying to help and yet how they engage with this topic creates more shame in their daughters. It creates triggers for them or sends them on a binging spree or these other things. And it's not to say this is all mom's fault, right? It's that complex nuanced reality of this is here. How do we engage with this? But people think they're the only one. And so being able to normalize that for people and say, this is true for so many. This is true for so many. I think is a really helpful thing for young adults as they're trying to figure out and gain their footing with their parents and how do I, then maybe if I'm doing some work that they're not referenced that before, like maybe I have to set some different boundaries with my parents, which maybe we're not very practiced at. And so what does that mean? And that feels hard. So whether it's about something like body image or I have a handful of other clients who've done other work where I have a client or have had clients in the past who have an addict parent. And so knowing that that parent isn't in a place where they would like to accept help or make changes to their behavior or somebody who is saying, I'm going to deal with my own anxiety and I'm talking to a doctor about taking medicine to deal with my mental health. But my parent who's bipolar won't do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. Um, That's also, I think, a really hard space that when we have never taught that we've been taught that we can set boundaries with our parents that's a really new space for a lot of people. And so how can we set boundaries, right? With honor and respect and kindness. We don't have to lash out at our parents and say, you failed me, you're a terrible person. I hate you. Now I would like some distance in our life. But honoring your own journey and what you need as you are trying to pursue health um, and wholeness and growth. Um, And I want to come back to the either or that there is even mm-hmm. space in that to say, yeah. it doesn't have to be, I'm in relationship or I'm not in relationship. Yes. I'm going to talk to you or I'm going to completely shut you out right. uh, with your parent as you're yep. discovering and doing your own work. And, and I yep. again, love the language of, I, I need to create some boundaries, but that doesn't mean I have to shut out the relationship. It no. might be that I have to shut out the relationship, but it doesn't sure. necessitate that for you yes. to continue to do your own. I think that's so. the that's the season where young adult becomes more emotionally mature than parent mm-hmm. and has yeah. to navigate that. What is it like to go from right. the parent child complete 
that kind of dynamic to now, in some ways, emotionally parenting my own parents. Yes. And feeling more mature and grounded and and self-aware than my own parents and walking through that Mm -hmm. season and having Mm -hmm. to decide when do I push in and challenge and hope for more for them? And when do I let it go? Because this is, like you said, a refusal to engage for bipolar parent. It's her choice. It's her life. It's, and it's, Change won't happen if she doesn't want it anyway. So just having to navigate all of those things, I think is something that like not very many young adults are. No, because there's grief in that. So especially if you're in that space where you have a parent where you feel perhaps you are a little bit more emotionally mature, you're trying to parent them. There is a grieving process to that, right? In our brains, we say it shouldn't have to be like this. And so that readjusting of expectation, a loss is there. And so how do you hold that? Or again, like nuance it in certain topics, right? So maybe in these other areas, I can accept wisdom from them and that feels okay. But in these other areas, maybe we do have some no-fly zones as far as like conversational topics in our relationship. And that's hard and I have to grieve that. But until there's more safety established or something shift or change, then mm-hmm. we can't go in those spaces. And I have to parent myself in these areas, which is hard. And you're right. I don't think most young people are, when they're thinking about how to you know, prepare themselves for being a grown up. that's never on the list of things to like think about and consider. So nor yeah. for parents. Like I'm thinking about, okay, so we're almost there actually with our Gen Z kids who are in yep. their, one is now in his twenties and you have all of these books and teachings to prepare you for the seasons that your kids will walk through. And so you're prepared for the teen years where there's going to be some distancing and some, I want to become my own person and independent. Like we're ready for that. I don't feel ready for the, the, when my son is 28 and encountering like where we failed him and what that might do to our relationship during that season for him, if he starts to engage some of those things, yeah. Like as parents, we're not prepared for that either. No, you're right. You're totally <laughs> right. And not you specifically, but acknowledging right. you specifically and parents as a whole. I think about my own family and there, there were some rough years in there in my young adult years. And again, because of some of the upheaval, right? Like my parents getting divorced and some other incidental things in the timeline that kind of exacerbated all of those things that already existed. And so there were some hard years, but what I will say is there's also hope. And I know that doesn't feel true for everybody. And so I don't want to say, just give it some time and then everything will work out. Cause I know that's not true with everybody's family, but I will say in my own personal journey and the work that my parents have chosen to do, we have been able to come to a place now where I love our adult relationship. I love it. And my dad in particular will say, I loved right? Like those years when you were younger and we get to have such a cool space now. And I think it's when he acknowledges that not only does he have things to teach me, but I have things to teach him and like his humility in that and trusting of his own identity and not being able to come from a shame-based place that it's just about his failure. And so he has to react to that. We've been able to have such cool conversations because there's this reciprocal learning from one another instead of just, he has to have all the answers. And so it's directionally down as Mm -hmm. opposed to 
we can go back and forth. And he wants to be able to learn from the things that I am learning. And that's been transformational in our relationship. So, yeah, that's required both of you to be emotionally mature and yes. pursuing health in your own story. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so Nicole, thank you for that. And yeah. just so interesting to be in this space of what the work you're doing with, like you said, millennials and Gen Z and, and helping, helping all grow in these yeah. areas of maturity and adulting because yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not that generation, but I feel like I'm still adulting. And that's the <laughs> secret too. We never really arrive. Like you yeah. just figure it out as you go and you become more competent in some things and you will continue to run into things that you've never dealt with before. And so now yeah. at 30 or at 45 or at 60, you're like, okay, here's a new life thing that I've never done before. I use the resources I have and Sometimes you need to ask for help and I figured out. Thanks, Nicole, for just giving us a window into your world and your counseling space. Yeah. I want to ask you, as we've been asking all of our team members over the last 16 months of the pandemic, is there any one particular thing that you've discovered or pursued or explored that you wouldn't have otherwise? I would say a discovery about myself would just be learning to embrace more of the introverted side of me. So being a person who worked in higher education for a long time, and when I was a younger adult in my college years, and just afterwards, when I then went to work for a different university, and I was in residence life, and I felt like I was a very extroverted person, and I was around people all the time. And as I was in that job for a longer amount of time, um, and started to experience some burnout for a variety of reasons, I was thinking like, oh, I feel more introverted because of my burnout. But at some point, I will return back to where I was. And two years out of transitioning out of that job, I realized maybe that's not true. And then I think especially, so transition out of that job, and then less than a year later, right, nine or 10 months, now we're in this pandemic. And so now I've spent the last 16 months in this space of a lot uh, more sparsely populated social calendar because of isolation and vaccines and a million things. And so I've realized now is some of that is starting to come back, right? Like certain things are opening up again. And for me, as I've been vaccinated and engaged with other people, I've realized like, oh, my capacity is more limited than it used to be socially. And I would have considered myself a high extrovert before. And now I feel like I ride that like ambivert line pretty hardcore. And I would say perhaps have shifted more into introvert space and to say, that's okay actually, and it's okay that my capacity in some ways has been reduced and I don't have to be the person I was 10 years ago or even five years ago. And I can honor that for myself. And maybe even now coming out of the pandemic, I don't know if that'll necessarily switch back. And yeah, just making peace with that and honoring that for me. I love that. So much good self-discovery, I think, happened as a result of this horrible thing. It's been fun to hear. So thanks for sharing that with us. And thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, you guys. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Walking With Podcast. As always, if you would like more information about working with Nicole Clifton or any of us over at Restoration Counseling, you can find out more by going to www.restorationcounselingnoco.com. Thanks for joining us again, and we'll see you same time, same place next week.